polku. <laughs> So I'm just going to go ahead and, and say, uh, before we get started, that uh, real life is hard sometimes. <laughs> um, and I know it's been a few weeks since we had our last episode, but I just wanted to put it out there that uh, adulting is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, but that being said, I and all of my wonderful friends and co-hosts have not forgotten about you, the listener. So with that being said, welcome to episode 91 of Beards of Tech. Uh, got a little special today. Um, we're going to do a 2019 smartphone purchasing guide for all of our listeners. Um, it'll probably mostly be U.S. focused, but then again, most of these phones do ship internationally. Um, but it's just something to keep in mind when the it's, it's, it's smartphone season. We have the Google event. We had Apple's event last month. And a bunch of phones are going to be coming out over the next few months. We have Samsung coming up in January. Uh, so it's good to know what kind of phone you want to buy. But before I get into any of that, I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Ryan Thompson and Jeff. How are both of you? Well, I don't want us to all jump in at once, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, oh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'll put it that way. Uh, Life, life happens, just like you said, and I'm starting to think that maybe we forgot how to do math. 91, can that be true? It is true. According to the episode guide for the podcast, am I wrong? I don't know. That's but, even more than 90. Well, we've had more than 90 episodes, yeah. but the latest one in the drive was 90, so that's what I said. Is there more? Oh, no, I'm just being silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's yeah. like I genuinely have lost count, which I think is kind of a good thing and a bad thing. A bad thing because I feel like I should know our number, but a good thing because we've been in it this long that I like have just forgotten what number we're at, and it blows my mind that we're even as far as 90. Um, How many but still, uh, five-person podcasts in there? Not many. You're, you're a little quiet there, Thompson. Agreed. But, yeah, not, not many... Uh, not many podcasts have five people, but we have three today. That's fine. Irvin is busy traveling the world and hanging out with kangaroos, and Kyle has been stricken with illness, and I wish for his best health. But um, I think, I guess without further ado, we should just go ahead and get straight into some news before we do the smartphone buyer guide. Um, did you guys hear about this Blizzard thing, this whole shit show that's been happening from Blizzard? ahead of BlizzCon, which is, I think, in a week, maybe two weeks at the most. Um, but have you guys heard about this? I honestly have not heard a single thing about this, if I'm being real. Okay. Neither have I. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, an example of Blizzard taking down... Uh, it's it's kind of like... It's almost like censorship. So basically the gist of the story is that there was a Hearthstone like a local competition for for the the mobile app game you know like that card game i think uh, jeff i think you play it maybe i don't know nope but i know what okay. it is okay i thought you played that but maybe i'm thinking of another game that you play it's um, diablo but okay but uh 
I thought there was a mobile game. Uh, no, it's it's Clash Royale. Never Clash mind. Royale. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay. So he had he had won the local tournament, and he was interviewing with the casters at the end. You know, they like bring up the winner to the broadcasters during a like a game competition, and yeah. like do the. It's basically like the post game interview with the winner. Um, well, they they were they were kind of egging him on because he's from Hong Kong, and his name is his like. Uh, his account name is uh, Blitzchung. Um, he had spoken out in favor of the protests in Hong Kong, uh, just kind of voicing his opinion. And it that just him making that statement alone uh, was cause for Blizzard to revoke his prize winnings and ban him from future competitions, as well as uh, they have since let go the casters for uh for from the competition so they can no longer do hearthstone competitions and on top of that they banned his account for an entire year um which seems weirdly harsh for an american company to do for someone voicing an opinion on and maybe one thing if it was like at blizzcon and he said that on stage but it was at like a local competition and was like very much like not a big deal until Blizzard did this. So that's like the gist of it. A local competition. It wasn't like a Blizzard run event. It's a it's a Blizzard run event, but it was not like the world championships. It was like a regional championship. He probably uh, he's like a professional player for Blizzard. Is that correct? Yeah, he's so a professional Hearthstone player. It's, it's probably in his contract not to do something like that. But probably. Yeah. I mean, he's not getting sued, which is good. Because um, that's what they—that's what they got him on. They—they they said that uh, I think they're to, in order to revoke that prize money, kind of like if somebody were to like say win like a Fortnite competition and then go on stage just spewing like racist slurs, like they could revoke that money because it's it kind of like tarnishes their brand. I think that was like the specific clause they used to revoke his prize earnings. Huh. Um, but yeah, this is. Um, this has uh, caused a massive backlash from the community, both in like Reddit and in the Blizzard community. Um, a lot of people have been threatening and actually going through with deleting their Blizzard accounts and removing, like, say, like unsubscribing from the World of Warcraft Classic. Um, protests are being planned for any and all Blizzard events going forward, and also this kind of like Blizzard's in a really tight spot because they have their um, BlizzCon next week, which is like their big event for the year. It's like their conference where they have all the big company announcements and all their games coming out for the next year. And it, it kind of sucks that it's it's right ahead of that. So now Blizzard has to deal with, with this shit show right before BlizzCon. And it's most likely going to be met with a lot of protests. Um, but yeah, this is like the uglier side of of business that we don't normally see. Like it's it's both kind of surprising, but it's also not surprising in a way. Like I almost kind of because like this this company is trying to break out in China, so it kind of makes sense that they would want to keep the peace for all of their um, for all their business interests. But it is kind of like just from looking at it at a face value thing, it's like kind of messed up, and it's been like all over the news this week in terms of like anything in tech and these new companies that are going to be breaking out into China. And you're going to start to see these like mixes of morals as these, um, 
as these businesses start to like flex their policies to be um, usable and to let them break into markets like China. And I think we even talked about this on previous episodes too, like um, in terms of like encryption policy and like net neutrality. And there was the rumors that Google was working on that um, revised version of their uh, their search engine for China with all kinds of backdoors and things like that and, and all kinds of military projects and stuff like that that, um, that the developers weren't necessarily in support of, but uh, that like it's just to accommodate the requirements set by the government of the market that they're trying to enter. So, like it's this is just a very public example of the ugly face of capitalism and the desire to to earn money. Um, and it's just like a, it's a very interesting story that I wanted to, to bring up to you guys just because it does like pose that question of tech and how we break into those markets without kind of stepping on the freedoms of the countries that they came from in a way. Um, this is delicate. Yeah. It's a very I, delicate line to walk. I don't disagree with the sentiments behind what you're saying, but from a, and I'm being that guy, but from a business standpoint, if they don't do this, then they're they're setting a precedent that one-offs are okay, and then yeah. basically nothing they have in writing is taken seriously at that point. And I, I mean, if I read their official statement just now while we were talking about this, and that's pretty much where they're getting at, is that it's understood between the players and their shoutcasters that you're not to voice political opinion. You're supposed to focus on the game and the event. Like to, they, they're not against like free speech was of course is like a, like a PR statement just baked yeah. into that. But like, they're not, they're not, their statement says we're not against, or we're not saying we're against his view. And like, even if we were a hundred percent one way or the other, like this is how we would have reacted because that's what, the player agreed to and the shoutcasters agreed to and they took away from the invent in doing this and also like it like blizzard's reaction makes it seem like they have an opinion one way or the other but if they didn't react it would make it look the same way just in the opposite mm -hmm. direction so yeah like they kind of forced their hand so they have to like try to keep a neutral environment for their events and their streams by doing this yeah. even though it looks like they're against something because it happened to be against a, a statement about that that they punished a player for also they yeah. commented that they think it's fair that they, they like they said we were too hasty we overreacted like we do now believe that uh blitz chung should be compensated for winning the event but like his uh his comments and his demeanor uh pre and post match uh, was not okay. So they're saying yeah. that a six-month suspension is what they're going with. Yeah. So they reduced it down from a year, and right. they uh, up and they're they like you said they're going to give him his prize money back. Um, but it is uh, it is unfortunate that uh, a, a neutral statement from one side is a suppression of freedom of speech on the other side. And it's kind of that delicate line that these companies are going to have to walk if they want to break out into this Chinese market and protect their interests over that, there. That's definitely true, and I do think it has to do with it. Ryan, go ahead. You're starting, and we keep talking over you. Um, I, I just kind of 
find it interesting. It seems like a sign of the times is because the U.S. is so it's such a service industry now with all the software goods and stuff that we're producing for China. It's not mm-hmm. you're not producing meat. You're not sending them meat. It's like, all right, here's some cow meat, and we can say whatever we want on the package. They're still going to buy it. They can eat to eat, right? Mm-hmm. No, a service industry you can regulate to any means <laughs> as you please. You know, if you want to, if these yeah. companies want to sell in your market, which you don't need, it's a service industry. You don't need that market, right? Or you just make your own service. That's or you make like your it. own service, which China's very good at. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it's to me, it's just a sign of the times. So. Yeah, and, and like, and also like a lot of people are angry at, it and like a lot of people. Are, I think the worst thing about it was how surprised people were from this, and it's not necessarily like a shocking thing. It's just that, hey, here's this market that has one seventh of the world's entire population in it, right. and. Of of course, these companies are going to bend the rules to meet their demands if they want to get into this market. It makes sense. It's just something that's going to happen from a from a, a money making perspective. If you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to expand your service and get that massive amount of cash that comes from millions of millions of additional users and almost no additional effort on your end, just literally opening up into a new market. Then of course you're going to do that, and we saw this like a decade ago when smartphone companies were breaking out into China. It was we were seeing like obscene growth from Samsung and Apple and and all of these companies as and Samsung is Korean, but as they were breaking out into these Asian markets, like there was ridiculous growth on all parts as they expanded, and. We're seeing now that the smartphone industry is getting towards the end or peak critical mass of of that growth. But the video game industry, for example, and the video game service industry, like Ryan was saying, is only just getting there now and they're starting to catch up. So so yeah, like it, it does suck and there's a there's a whole bunch of protests and the hashtag boycott blizzard and and uh, people are trying to make an overwatch character the unofficial symbol of this protest movement. Which may inadvertently get Overwatch banned in China. Um, it's huh. just another like insane and like very big movement. Like not insane in a bad way. It's just it's people expressing their opinions about something that they think is important. Right. But but like that being said, it's just it's it's a risky, very like delicate line that these companies have to walk. It's not the first time the U.S. has traded with autocratically controlled economies either. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they, they did it with the USSR through the 70s and 80s without yep. a problem because it, they weren't selling services. They were selling goods. It was all about trades and imports, yeah. right? Now it's a service industry, so they're allowed to have backlash. It's also, the, like you said, it's the one of the largest economies in the world. Yeah. They're like, there's a reason why it's like almost everything you purchase has made in China on it. <laughs> You know? It's just that everything is from there, but but yeah. So I, I just thought this was an interesting topic and um, something worth mentioning before we move into the the big meat and potatoes of the episode. Just because it's dominated my Twitter feed and uh, my news feed for a while, and I and I wanted to just to bring it up and mention it, just because it's something that we've talked about before, and it's it's a big sign of the times with tech and kind of where we're at. And I think this is only the beginning. I think we're going to see more of this. Uh, we see it in the NBA. We see it in Blizzard. It's. I wouldn't be surprised if literally tomorrow something else comes up. Like it's not going to shock me at all. Um, but yeah. So, um, 
with that being said, we going back to the other business that moved into the Chinese market, we should talk about smartphones. Um, and I, and I wanted to bring this up just because, uh, over the course of this entire year, um, there has been a, a number of smartphones that have come out, most notably the, the Samsung, the Note phones, the S10s, the iPhones, the Google Pixels, and the OnePlus devices um, have all come out over the course of this year. And it's getting towards the holiday season, and a lot of people are starting to have their contracts come up, and it's getting about that time for someone to start looking for a smartphone. So um, I figured we can, since since we've talked about phones a lot on this podcast, we could use our power for the greater good and maybe help some of our listeners and either picking a phone for themselves or giving somebody who doesn't know necessarily what to get uh, kind of an upgrade path um, in terms of what they might be looking for. So uh, I guess without, without really getting into much else, we could get started with the pixel and Thompson, I know you have a three a, um, how are you liking your, your pixel experience so far? Yeah, I have the three a XL. Um, so far I'm, I'm, very happy with the camera. I mean, the AI on the actual, like when you do portrait mode and it, it tries to give you that fake bouquet um, via the AI, it's not perfect, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but and 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 it's cropped. It's it's cropped from the actual camera sensor somehow. I don't I don't. But it does that. So it's digitally cropped, and then AI does like the overlacing and makes it look like it's you know blurred to front. Um, but I'm still pleased with it. You know, I can throw it in Lightroom Mobile. I can still get certain effects out of it that I want. What I would love to see is if it's shot in like some kind of raw DNG format. That's the, mm -hmm. my main concern is that it doesn't, it, it seems like a JPEG. I'm editing a JPEG through Google's camera app yeah. and I want uh, a raw DNG file. Yeah. Sometimes you can fix that with an app. And like I was saying, right. uh, manual camera might have a way around that. So you might be able to do like a raw photo. Cause I, I do well, think you, you want to, you want to plug that out real quick. <laughs> uh, manual <laughs> camera, manual camera. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's on Android, and then on iOS, there's uh, Halide um, for anybody who's trying to get into something similar. Um, Thompson, first, let me just say that's spoken like a true photographer. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> just ripping apart, uh, <laughs> arguably up until this past holiday season, the best smartphone camera out there. <laughs> I, I had to try it anyway, man. I got to try it, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, no I, smartphones I, are the future. I think that if yeah. there's ever interchangeable lenses for smartphones, that's when they'll take over the market. Yeah. Um, between that, their their sensors still need to be updated, um, but it, it's coming. It's, yeah. it's gradual, but it, it'll happen. I mean, they're they're making huge advances with each release. So. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of tech they can shove into that tiny little camera, and right. like you're still getting like photos that at least on Instagram and on social media compete with some things that I see that come out of DSLRs mm -hmm. when they, when they're compressed down to Instagram's <laughs> requirements. That's what that's the the only reason I'm, I have my faith in smartphones now is because I look at the marketing schemes of of Nikon, Canon, and Sony, and it's like, oh, what are you doing with these DSLRs? <laughs> the mirrorless cameras? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, these, these smartphones release new a new a new camera every year almost. You know, every September yeah. you got a huge marketing campaign. These new cameras come out. It's a it's it's a matter of time. How how often do these DSLRs come out? Not very often. <laughs> <laughs> it's every six years yeah. you get a decent one something like that numerous like come on guys <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just i think it's a matter of like it's just something that people are competing in this in the smartphone industry they're they're all trying to get the best camera because 
that is a cornerstone feature that a lot of people want in phones. Yeah. And I mean, like both of you have pixels and I have a later generation iPhone and both of them have been touted for their camera quality, at least, at least in different regards. iPhone may, I think beat Android and video a little bit just because it does 4k 60, but um, the pixel in most scenarios will beat the iPhone in in camera quality. And at least in getting you closer to a finished product, um, it may not necessarily be like a true flat image, but it's definitely like a very visually pleasing photo to say the least. And arguably that's what's most important with those smartphone cameras is not necessarily the ability to edit. Cause I don't know if too many people like you are looking to shoot raw DNG. Oh, I, I, I or... <laughs> don't want the HDR. I don't want that. I just want a flat file. Give me something yeah. flat with everything I can bring out of in it with a, with an editing app, because once you get HDR, it's already kind of, it's a little corroded if you, if like yeah. it, it tries to bring out all the contrast and stuff automatically. So when you try to go in there and, and manipulate it yourself, it's a little grainy. Yeah. <laughs> <to say least. laughs> yeah. And that, that's important to some people is like the ability to have that control and other people just want something that's going to be good at taking photos of their kids when they go to Disney world or um, get a, vi- get a fun video of the dog running around in the backyard or something like that. And they just need it to, be good when they want it to be good because it's in their pocket at all times. I feel personally attacked. Why? <laughs> Why do you feel personally Why? attacked? Because I, I like never take pictures unless it's of my kid or the dog running around. <laughs> hey, dude, I literally have an Instagram for my dog, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dragging myself under the bus. I think Ryan, you do too, right? <laughs> yeah, this <point. laughs> oh my God. So what have I become? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a uh this is like this is like an alcoholics anonymous meeting essentially just for like dog instagrams and smartphone cameras I'm an um, I, have, I have a dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's something that like i said it's something that people want out of phones and it's an it's an important thing um but like for example if you're looking for the best Android camera right now, I'm probably going to recommend you the pixel as both of you would probably easily testify the pixel camera. Um, I think the pixel four still has yet to be proven in terms of the tests. It's we've only seen photos released from Google and, and like quick kind of half-assed photos from people at the actual conference itself. But, um, as of right now, the pixel three in terms of user benchmarks and testimony is, the best Android smartphone camera that you can get hands down. Um, and that's an important feature, obviously. Um, but if you're looking for iOS, usually the later version of iOS is better. And most people, when they upgrade to an iPhone, they'll just get the latest one anyway. Um, but really they can't go wrong with anything after the 10, to be completely honest, they take fantastic photos. Um, and it's good enough. It, it may not do as good in terms of getting you a, like a, a, a as much of a, and I'm sure Thompson, you probably have noticed this a lot. Um, it doesn't get you as warm of an image as a pixel would, which means that it, some of the images can kind of look washed out or faded a little bit in certain wet leather conditions. But whereas on the pixel, it would be more vibrant and full of color. Right, um, called the uh, color science of the image sensor. Yeah. So, and I, the, in the industry okay. of DSLRs or mirrorless cameras these days, like Nikon has a very specific one. Canon has like more greens than anybody else in the field. And um, Sony's got the best orange and teal 
in my opinion. <laughs> when I look at them and I see that color scheme, it's like orange and teal. Wow, they dominate that. Um, but so each 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 of those, they all have color signs. Fuji's have that very. They're very good at, at black and white and bringing up the shadows, stuff like that. Like like a natural film color grade. Yeah. So like the, the these digital the smartphone image uh, sensors are trying to get into that market. So they're building their own color sciences out of it, and it's interesting to see because. Neither. That's the one thing they're really far behind on, in my opinion. It's like they they look at the pros. There's no film stock, none of that. It's just strictly digital stuff, and it's like, oh, the color there is a little iffy, but you know, it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I would have to agree with you. iPhone is, in my opinion, and I'm a Pixel user, and I've been Google since 2007 or something. I don't think I've had an iPhone since then. I had an iPod Touch. We talked about it in an earlier episode, mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, I have to say, iPhone's cameras is better. It's just better with the new iPhone. Like I'm gonna jump right in there and say, especially with the Pixel 4 released, they didn't put the wide-angle camera in there, and it was a big slap in the face. It was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites was the tweet from Marquez Brownlee where he was just like, uh, he was like, we thought the wide-angle camera was more. He's like, while the wide-angle camera is fun, we thought the the telephoto is more useful, and he's just like, I feel personally attacked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, what? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Google doesn't – because what they what Google does is they're using that telephoto lens to get more depth information out of their portrait imaging, and they can use that to apply more um, optical science, like using optical data from – instead of being able to just create it with AI, um, they're using that – depth created from that uh, telephoto lens in order to get far more accurate um like portrait and bokeh as you were as you were saying on things and they were, one of the things they touted was that they're able to make it way more accurate in wait for it dogs <laughs> <laughs> so dog portraits look way better on the pixel 4 especially when they have complex like fur like labradoodles and things like that I, I mean, say my, my Google Photos does a really good job of sorting out my dog pictures. <laughs> like individual dogs. I, I'll search for my dog. It's like I can pick which one I'm taking pictures of. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's impressive. It's impressive. Go yeah. ahead, uh, Jeff. Sorry. Let me cut you off. No, I was just joking. I said sign me up when you said that was good for dogs. <laughs> that, was <laughs> dogs. Things, yeah, that was one of the things they touted for. Um, so you, you do get some benefits as a telephoto lens, but like Thompson says, you get – way better benefits with a wide angle lens at least especially in a smartphone when you're trying to like there's been more times in a smartphone where i've where i would have utilized where I, I wish i could have had a more wider angle shot to get more people in or to get closer to something and get more of it in the frame or something like that right or, or i even physically can't back up any further and i want i still want to get like the whole thing in the shot Whereas with a telephoto lens, there's been far few occasions where I've been like, yeah, let's go to 2x. <laughs> <laughs> like this. The Mavic 2 is having the same issue. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to hassle Blad, you know. But yeah. um, like, like you just said, the, the telephoto, Google's using it for automation purposes. Whereas iPhones, like I'll, I'll take, because my, my girlfriend Jen, she's got the, the iPhone XS and I have the Pixel 3a uh, XL. And she has way more manual settings in her camera. Like in her camera app, she can actually control the f-stops and stuff like that. Which, if you have that, you don't need the telephoto automation. You can control <laughs> your bokeh that way, and you can actually do it in post too, which is way better in my opinion. If you <laughs> yeah. know how. But yeah, it's impressive. It kind of blows me away. And then when Google, the whole the wide the wide, wide angle thing just put me over the top because I was like, you already got this, and you couldn't have at least match what Apple's putting out. Like at least match the cameras. Like at least match the angles. Come on. Like you're yeah. not, you don't got the f stops, you don't have all that stuff. 
Yeah. You don't have the you don't have the color science and the image sensor. It's just a shame because everything leaked about that stupid phone except for what that second <laughs> yeah. and it's by no means it's a stupid it's not a stupid phone but also um it's still, it's, it's still a great little phone spec wise it's right. still really good they improved their ram issue so they went from four gigs to six gigs of ram so that phone can definitely keep up with the best of the android phones in terms of raw performance from the device so if you're looking for a consistent snappy device um the pixel is a solid phone it's coming out uh pre-orders are now um the one thing that i liked about it the most and almost i would say makes up for the fact that it's missing a wide angle camera is that 90 hertz refresh screen um it has a buttery smooth scroll um it is like like i don't know if you guys have ever you say it again buttery (laughs) smooth scroll oh yeah. <laughs> it like I don't know if you guys have ever used um have ever gone from a 60 hertz monitor to a 120 or 90 or 144 hertz monitor um but oh my god is it so much better than literally any it ruins displays I would argue it's like a lot of people like the the 1080p to 1440p jump that smartphone screens have done in the past, but I'm going to tell you right now, 60 Hertz to 90 Hertz. That is like, Oh man, it's, it's so good. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's so good. Um, and it makes me jealous as an iPhone user because the iPhones, uh, only have 60 Hertz screens. Uh, the iPad pro has a 120, which is nice. It's either 90 or 120, but, um, so that that's very smooth, but I want an iPhone with a 90 Hertz or, my next my next smartphone is going to have greater than 60 hertz on its display like that's a requirement for me now um and both the google pixel and the one plus 7t and the one plus 7 pro both check that box as well you better um, write a an angry email to tim cook i mean uh tim apple i mean uh tim cook <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm assuming that's but, coming since now it's becoming a fad with all these other manufacturers, I'm assuming that Apple's going to swoop in a year or two late and be like, yeah, look, bravery yeah. and do it. So, um, but yeah, so if you're looking to upgrade, it's, it's nice. Uh, the one thing that, another thing that bothers me about the pixel is that the highest you can go for storage is 128 gigs. You can't go higher than 128. It's either 64 or 128. So it seems like a, like the, the pixel four seems like an early 2019 flagship phone less so than it seems to be a late 2019 flagship phone because these these phones that are coming out now the one plus seven pro the iphone 11 pro and the 11 uh they're all having these like cornerstone features or adding things that are really kind of holding their user base um and even like the note is is doing that also and like the galaxy fold which is just a ridiculous phone in all regards and comically out of the budget of literally everybody probably listening to this podcast. Uh, not that I'm assuming your wealth status. I'm sorry, people, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So like, and then on top of that, like you have these other phones like the one plus and Samsung devices, which are beginning to experiment with in display fingerprint sensors and things like the, like higher def sent like sent like scanners for like face ID stuff or like, 
facial recognition, which Google has. They have the the radar tech built into their phone. Now they do. Yeah. Pixel but it's yeah. it's actually the first phone with a with an actual radar unit built into its device. Yeah. So that way it can like track movements over top of the phone. And like if if you're reaching for your phone, it'll begin to wake up the the like facial recognition like hardware, which it uses only because they got rid of the fingerprint sensor, <laughs> which I would have thought they would have done an in-display fingerprint scanner, but they didn't do. Um, so naturally, I would test this by placing it at one side of the room and chucking things at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see it light up. It like beeps at you whenever it picks it up. No, but uh. It's like like I said, it's still it's it's still a good phone. If someone's looking for a, a great smartphone camera, the Pixel is a good line to stick with. And the Pixel three is you can get it cheap. So I would say that going with a Pixel three is probably a good choice for people. Get it one get it a little cheaper and kinda of wait out the Pixel four if if you want, or wait till the four A where they maybe they remedy some of these that, these things. That was gonna the be four, the four XL has the uh thirty seven hundred milliamp battery still, right? And yeah. So it supports that hundred and twenty megahertz screen. Yeah, hertz, the, the ninety hertz. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the one. Thing. <laughs> that would be insane. It's like a yeah. literal sheet of paper yeah. moving on top of it. Your like eyes just burn. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch it. You can actually feel the letters that are lost on the screen, bro. <laughs> no, but the um that that's that's another thing that worries me is that ninety hertz displays come at a cost for battery life. And the Pixel 4 has a 2,700 milliamp hour battery, which I think is smaller than the iPhone, and or around the same size. And it and then the bigger one only has a 3,700 milliamp hour. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think that the 3A and the 3XL have a bigger battery than 3,700 milliamp hours. I think mine's a 4,000. I love it. I love it because it lasts all day. And that's that's why I still recommend like the 4A. Like if if they're releasing a 4A later in the year, I would wait for that <laughs> yeah because it might have there might be some minor improvements that'll be worth it because i went 3a over three and i'm yeah. still pretty happy with it it's the same camera yeah um process is not as great but i mean i only use the ai for the portrait mode and the rest of it you're like, still getting a, less. a good <laughs> processor i think it's more so the screen resolution that you're sacrificing but then you gain the benefit of having extra battery life from having a less from having a lesser resolution or lower resolution screen yeah. um well, I mean, I, I killed my last phone, the essential phone, while I was partying with you boys, so um, <laughs> I was being an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so when I upgraded to this, it was it was 380 bucks. so it's hard to beat on a yeah. budget phone right there. Did you guys see the leaks of the new essential phone, by the way? Nope. I don't know if you saw that or not, but I'll have to... Uh, <laughs> the, the TV I'll remote? Have to, <laughs> it looks like a TV remote, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I was going to search for it, but I can't pull it up now. It's on like their Instagram channel, or on their Instagram page. Uh, if you go to a central, but it looks like a television remote and it's kind of weird. And then also Motorola is re-releasing the Razer, um, which is going to be a foldable smartphone with a full screen all the way up the whole thing. So that'll be kind of cool. <laughs> I think it does. I think they oh, actually, I think, you, I think you can do a, uh, a touchscreen version of T9, which is like all of the, the things you hate about T9 with none of the benefit of knowing where the buttons are. <laughs> uh, I hope there's haptic feedback or something. Jim, yeah. what were you going to say earlier, man? I saw you were, you were uh, starting to say something. Oh, who knows? <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Uh, uh, I, I did research, though, while we were talking about this uh, battery 
for the Pixel Four. Yeah. Right. So, what did we, what did we say at thirty seven hundred milliamp hours? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, that's for the XL. The four has twenty eight hundred milliamp hours. For the three A, you have three thousand milliamp hours, and the three A XL, you have thirty seven hundred milliamp hours. Oh, so it's thirty seven. Oh, so, so it's the yeah. same. It's same. the same. Yeah. I like the battery life on this. It's weird. Yeah, but it's it, but you it, it's the same size battery, but you also have to power a um. Let me see the screen resolution. You have to power a quad HD OLED display at 537 pixels per inch. On top of that, it's a 90 hertz display. So I feel like the Pixel 4 is going to be a battery hog um, in terms of what it's doing. Uh, and, and Google does say that they can ratchet down the display resolution depending on what the screen is doing. So if you're scrolling really fast, it'll uptick to 90 hertz. Um, whereas if you're just reading a news article, it may uh, ratchet itself down to 60 hertz uh, to save some battery, but it's still going to come at a cost, I think. Whereas if it's always on 60 or if it's always on 90, there's going to be a difference. But but yeah, it's it's the same battery for the, the 4XL versus the 3AXL, but I feel like maybe they could have squeezed a few hundred extra milliamp hours in there just to make up for what they're doing with that display. Well, we don't want another Note 7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Because uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Because OnePlus has a 3,800 milliamp hour battery on theirs, um, but they also have the benefit of warp charge. So OnePlus can remedy that issue. Um, that, and they've even increased the speed of warp charge even further from where they had it last time. Uh, so warp charge can now go from dead to 70% in a half hour. So wow, that's insane. That's like, it's like a ridiculously fast charge. And a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying that like they don't, mind the reduced battery size of the of the OnePlus 7T because you have that warp charge. So it's like you can go take a shower and by the time you're done your shower your phone's got like 40% battery added to it or something like that depending on how long your shower is. <laughs> is is that strictly a technology within the battery? It's not the it's like a it's a C type, right? USB C type I'm assuming. It's in I think it's in the way the board reads or draws power from the adapter because it comes with a like a, a five volt six amp charger so it's but i think it just like I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how the tech works but i know they're just reading in a higher capacity of of battery uh over a quick time over a, a sh shorter period of time so i'm not sure but also apparently it stays cool while it charges at warp so it doesn't like become a hand warmer while you're heating or while you're like charging your phone. And they, and they even out that you can do this um, while you're playing a game on your phone. So you can be doing and performing like graphically intensive activities on your OnePlus while you're charging. Um, so it's, it's just, it, it learns and it's also got the in-screen fingerprint scanner. Um, so that, that's like, that's where I stand. I think OnePlus handles that. Because like, there's a trade-off. You're they know the battery is not as good, so they give you warp charge. Yeah. So that kind of makes up for it. And also, you're getting like top-of-the-line chips in all of these. So you have the Snapdragon 855 um, for most of these phones. Uh, the one thing that's interesting is the back of the of the OnePlus 7T is a 48 megapixel ultra-wide triple camera setup. <laughs> <laughs> 
So wow. the, yeah, the camera sensors on it, they're not as good as, uh, as the pixel or the iPhone or anything like that. Um, but it has a, let's see if I can find it. It has a 16 megapixel, uh, ultra wide. It has a 12 megapixel telephoto and it has a 48 megapixel main rear camera. Um, so OnePlus is clearly still living in 2009 with the megapixel battle of <laughs> old of old phones. Because uh, maximum res, man. Because I, I think because so, uh, Thompson, I think you can do our listeners a bit of service here by uh, explaining why higher megapixels is not necessarily the best thing for a camera uh, for an everyday use. Well, I mean, it, it does depend on, like, what you're trying to use it for. Like, it, I know with the high-end cameras, if you want to buy, like, an R model of Sony or Canon, um, they're going to run, like, 42 to 60 megapixels, and they're used for billboards. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you'll never need that outside of a billboard because not only is it hard to process, but, I mean, do you really need an image to be that large with what we currently use on a day-to-day? Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I mean... With the so low end, like cameras and stuff, they're super grainy. They don't have the color yeah. sense, or, like we were talking about earlier. They don't, they don't have all that. It's just like, all right, we're just going for the maximum resolution, so you can blow this image up to be, you know, 100 feet by 100 feet across, but it's gonna be grainy as hell. <laughs> like, yeah, you mean like, like, like the ones that say taken so. on an iPhone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Yeah, so like the the 48 megapixels isn't exactly gonna help you get a higher quality image. Yeah, it's because and also like say for example like explain what would happen to me in this case say like I purchased a OnePlus 7T and I'm not someone who really needs to take like professional quality photos or like doesn't really do much outside of just an occasional Instagram post but also um, I like to go out later at night on weekends go to bars take some photos of friends uh, will that perform well at all there. <laughs> <laughs> not not in the dark, no. <laughs> Especially like the, the the ISOs on those are not very good because because yeah. they're just focused on making the biggest picture possible. The, the ISOs usually tend to suffer. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a, there's a relational aspect to when when they're developing those image sensors to the depth of that ISO. Like you'll see um, only with the latest Sony's they've they've gotten to like like fifty thousand ISO or something ridiculous. They're the best I've seen. Canon, my Canon shoots down to twelve thousand five hundred or something like that. Yeah. But um so if you if the larger your image sensor, the larger your megapixel is gonna be like it'll drop you down like a thousand at best. And can it's gonna you, be super grainy in the dark. <laughs> can you explain to a noob like me what ISO means in this context? ISO is like a digital gain. So like let's say you're listening to a microphone and you're gonna bump that gain to hear yourself a little better, but it's gonna capture a lot more noise. It's gonna capture a lot more noise from the room, you're gonna get echoes, all this other stuff. It's kind of the same as a camera. It's a digital bump to try to give you like more light is it's digital light so it's trying to give you like um uh, what you, it's a digital gain i don't, I don't really know how to no, that, <laughs> that's a good it. explaction a microphone yeah <laughs> that makes sense that, that was that's an awesome explanation that um, breaks well, sorry it sorry if i'm rambling but yeah that's, that's how i know this is these are the questions that people ask when they look for smartphones and like they they want to know what the what the better megapixels are for a phone or or what has the the best quality? And when and when people at stores are throwing out all these words like ISOs and and like large megapixel qualities and things like that, who may not necessarily know what they're talking about, but just want to sell them a phone, like these people can be more educated because 
now they know this stuff. So that's like super helpful for that. So um, if we're going to like camera science here, if the the larger lens you get, the, the bigger the aperture, the more glass it has, the the more open it can be. So like when you're shooting in low light, it lets a lot more light in. So you won't need to compensate with an ISO. So you won't need to up the ISO to 12,500. You can keep it at the lowest range, which is like at 100. So that's how you get the crispiest shots at night. It's like it's going to be super clear. If, as long as your ISO is all the way down at the minimum, like 100 setting or whatever, some of them go down to like 40. Um, as long as it's down at the bottom, and and you can you can you can change your your uh, aperture as as you see fit. You know you can change the f-stop, but as long as your ISO is down at the minimum, that's where you're gonna get the clearest picture. As soon as you start bumping that, you're gonna get a little little more green, little more green, little more green. And if you're at the max and you're trying to shoot at night, you're kind of it's gonna be hard to edit that photo. <laughs> I've, I've seen uh, that effect that result before in taking pictures yeah. at night. And I'm assuming that like uh what's it called? Is it called like dark shot or whatever Google has? Night mode. Is it just called I think night, it was mode? night mode? Yeah. yeah. Or night well, sight. Night, that's night sight, kind of, night sight. <laughs> yeah, night sight. I know it's AI based, right? But is it the same kind of deal, like just digital gain? Uh, the AI does a better job, but it's still digital gain, yeah. I think it also the AI kind of crisps it up a little bit. It takes the noise out. It's like um, in, in, if you're using Lightroom, there's a uh, setting called luminance, which it takes like a lot of the noise out and kind of smooths it over using AI. It's kind of the same. It's the same aspect. Google just kind of throws it in their camera. Doesn't it also actually like physically keep the shutter open longer too to capture more light? It does, and I think it captures more than one image to do that. <laughs> yeah, it gets one like regular image and then one really uh, slightly longer exposed shot to get more light. Oh wow. Yeah. See, this is cool stuff. We're trying to inform the consumer here, the listener, yeah. and also yeah. inform the Jeffs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and cool. I, it was like when I saw it, it's just like I was like, this is just straight black magic when I had the, the beta on my Pixel 2. Yeah, exactly. I, I put a bunch of those side by sides up on our Twitter and it's like straight up magic. Like I had the box for this microphone and it's a it's a black box with black text on the front of it to like tell you about all the names and specs. And I shot that with all the lights off and you could read the box after the image was taken. And it was like, it, like I like took a step back and I was like waiting for like, when I took a photo of the room for like some shit in the corner to be like hidden, like a person <laughs> or like a ghost or something. I was, like, I was like waiting for this to like Blair Witch something into my photo or something like that. <laughs> But yeah, like it's straight up black magic, and they could, and, they, they could totally yeah. mess with you too with the uh, augmented reality oh, stuff no. they do. <laughs> Just put like a Stranger Things animal like in the bathroom or something sh- like that. They should have released it on April first and done that. <laughs> they should have, yeah. <laughs> no, but to speak to that AR stuff, the, the, I, I know Urban sent us that one, and some of the, the new iPhones have all that, the, the AR images. Like when they do, um, I don't know what the mode is called, but they actually, you can bounce light off of objects in your shot onto the 3D object, and it just kind of tries to estimate where that light is coming from. That, that still blows my mind. Is it ray like, tracing? It's like a form of ray tracing, but it's looking into your static image deciding light is coming from this point in the image and then bouncing it off of the 3d ar oh wow i'm like so, wow how is that happening so it makes the the all, the ar like the whatever i think it was like the little ball from star wars at first like right. yeah. it, it takes it takes that imposes it on the image and then takes the lighting from your image and also like drapes that onto the ar yeah That's, that blows my mind yeah i mean yeah. i I've been on like Cinema 4D and like 3D programs, and you use uh, HDRI images, so you make like a, a 3D sphere around your image, so you can like produce artificial light that'll match your scene. So like a lot of CG animators use that. 
So I'm always wondering if it's something like that, but how does it take an HDRI image from a still? Uh, like usually, because I know Google, they've had, they've had um, you can do like a little sphere you can make around yourself where you take like a bunch of different images. Yeah, photosphere. Yeah. yeah, photosphere, which is cool because you can make an HDR image from that. But how does Apple do it with just one? Like they don't, you're not going all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. It's... It still blows my mind. I'm like, what? What, what is the software in that thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. And yeah. um, and it's cool because like, especially with the night site, if anyone's looking for something like that, you can get that. I think only right now in the Pixel and the iPhone, the latest iPhones, the 11s, um, and you can't get them in other phones. I think Samsung has some like shitty half-assed version of <laughs> of night mode that like doesn't really work and it's basically just them blowing out the saturation of the or the ISO and just hoping it works. <laughs> Pop <Bump> it. <laughs> Cut the so, shot. <laughs> yeah, it's and then and then video is a whole different beast for for smartphones. Uh the Google Pixel 4 still for some reason can only do 4K at 30 FPS. Whereas the the OnePlus, the Samsung, the iPhone, I think I think every other smartphone um, does 4K 60 to some degree, or at least supports 4K 30. But it's just weird that Google, the 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 supposed like flagship of Android, or to draw a better comparison, the Surface of Android, like they are to Surface what um, Microsoft is to Windows, and they can't come out front with the best video and the best photos whereas like ios just straight up blows everybody out of the water when it comes to video quality like i i've i've taken i've seen videos shot on uh essential phone i've seen videos shot on pixels i've seen videos shot on uh one plus devices and iphone for whatever reason, just looks like it's filmed out of a DSLR. Like if I had told you that this film came from a Fuji and it actually came from an iPhone 11, like you'd believe that it came from a Fuji. Like it is weird how good it is. And also now with the iPhone 11, um, something that Apple can tout over everybody else is that now their front camera can do 4K 60. And not even... Like the front and the back camera can both take this ridiculously high quality video. So, if you're some kind of, uh, if you're focused on your Instagram stories or you want high quality videos, or if you're looking to in any way produce videos, maybe for YouTube or for Twitch or for whatever, uh, maybe less so Twitch, but you can stream to Twitch from your smartphone. Um, the iPhone is like looking like it's one of the better contenders for that in terms of being a professional. Uh, media device um but yeah it's just like it just blows my mind that google is as far behind on video as they are when when uh you have an iphone which can capture stereo sound and do 4k 60 through the front camera um but i mean like still 4k 30 fps is by no means a bad video um it's still a good quality video you're still getting a 4k shot it's just you're not getting as smooth of a shot um, and 4K30, I think you could argue, is fine for cinematic shots. If you're doing like, um, I think most shows are 29, aren't they? Or isn't it like the the movie standard? Yeah, 24. Yeah, 24 frames per second, so it's 24. Yeah, so you could still use that. It's still usable for um, 
for what you would see in like if you're doing like a movie and you want to film that or something but if you want the power of like a 4k 60 uh, it just looks crispier especially when you're capturing stuff in the moment I will say, just comparing uh, my girlfriend's iPhone XS to my Pixel 3a XL, yeah, the, the video is just buttery smooth on the iPhone compared to the Pixel, and the the the, the color range is better. It's like a, like I was saying before with the photography, but when I use software stabilization and stuff like that, like say I'm filming a time lapse, which Google's better with, honestly, Google's right. got a better built-in time lapse feature, so I use that. And if I want to stabilize it for hyperlapse, something like that, it's so much better. The software on there is like killer. You, you upload it in five, five seconds, that thing is stabilized. I'll be on my computer here <laughs> with the DSLR footage, and I'll be I'll be stabilizing that thing through After Effects or, or Premiere, and it'll take you know a while to render. It'll take uh, probably a good 20 minutes for a minute-long clip, something like that. On the phone, five seconds. Five seconds. I, that blows my mind. I, when I see Google software working like that, it's like, damn, and it runs through the AI. You can see it happen. Yeah. It'll drop all the frames that don't match up, and it'll just automatically write new frames in between with the AI that'll just kind of give it a motion blur and make it blend. I'm like, what? This is crazy. This is blowing <laughs> my mind right now. And iPhone does not have that. They do not have that. That's the one advantage Google has right now is that the software side is killer. They're just killing yeah. it. But like you said, the image sense is <laughs> <laughs> and if you're but, looking to record audio out of the box, unless you're using a third-party mic, the iPhone does better video audio as well, well which is impressed with the 3A's mics. I, I, they yeah. were a huge step up from the essential phone, but yeah, yeah iPhone's still winning. Still if winning. you you should, I recommend you you do a, a side-by-side video and do like some talking in it. If only I could reboot my essential phone. <laughs> no, I mean no, do some side-by-side with the Pixel 3A and your girlfriend's iPhone. Oh. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And just yeah. like just like listen to the video quality, it's there's more depth in the iPhone than there is on Android. It's it's an important thing for someone who I'll put it in Premiere so we can see the actual uh, waveforms. Yeah. No, it's 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 a cool little experiment to do. But the Pixel, like I said, I I recorded a video on my YouTube channel straight off the Pixel two, and edited it, and it looks great. And like I have no complaints about the Pixel, and that that's video. And I was able to do. Um, Granted, you can ratchet it down and do 1080p at 60 fps, or or you can even do I think you can even do 1080p at, at 120. You can 7, yeah 720 at 120. I think I think you can do 1080 yeah. at 120 too. Can you do 1080? I think you can on the Pixel. I'm for, gonna try that. It does that's a thing because my my DSLR can't do that. I think I'm you can do that. that. Um, oh, but I feel like I should look that up and confirm that information. But uh, let me let me see this pixel and <laughs> eighty one. Was it? What did we say? One forty. Uh, we were saying seven twenty p at one hundred and twenty frames per second. One hundred twenty fps. Okay. Uh, let's see. Maybe not. I think maybe it can do one twenty. Oh, it can do one hundred and twenty fps normal ten eighty p video. That's better than 720. It's <laughs> um, better than my DSLR. It, yeah, it can record 60 FPS at 1080. Um, so I don't think that I'm getting a specific answer on that, but I think that it's something you can totally do on the Pixel. Um, but yeah, either way, it's it's worth looking up. Uh, so you can always you can always get around it because I would argue 1080p is still probably the gold standard of resolution at this point. If you can at least achieve 1080, then you can push good content. You don't need to do 4K. And also, like most people, probably don't have machines capable of editing 4K video. Um, it's probably not something that 
you want to do on a computer. It's very taxing on. Depends on, on the codec, and it's also where Apple has an advantage because they've yeah. had ProRes for a long time. Yeah. Final Cut and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. So it's good. Um, unfortunately, I don't have much to say about Samsung because they're kind of just middle of the ground. It's a safe yeah, phone. It's a safe phone for Android. Like if you're looking to get a phone and not do much to it and and expect it to be like decent all around at everything, uh, as well as be like jam packed with features, you probably can't go wrong with the Samsung. Um, it's it's a consistent phone. Uh, I've, I think me and Irvin have even gone so far as to say it's a boring phone <laughs> in terms of you know what you're getting and there's not many surprises with Samsung. Um, they tend to pack them with specs. They're built well. They have solid cameras. They have solid video quality. They have solid speakers. Um, most of them have headphone jacks. They have had that more up until um, the later generations. And they have never had the notch. So that's another thing. A lot of the newer smartphones have notches or have gone through a notch phase. Um, and they, they implement a, a hole punch display so the camera is like inset in the screen um so it's like a little dot on your screen uh samsung's like i said they're they're just kind of boring <laughs> like they're not something samsung used to be the hardware they were the the industry leaders in hardware until the nexus line i think probably around the six that's when it kind of overtook them yeah. and then it became pixel now I it's kind of i would Google. even <laughs> i would wager to say that samsung phones in terms of industrial design are some of the better built android phones they're very like solid, adorable, heavy, durable yeah. phones, and they're built well. Um, it's just the parts that make them up and the software that they're running on is not the best representation of Android, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> no. And then in terms of like security, like a Samsung phone, depending on what carrier you have, and this is remaining to be seen about the Pixel 4 also, um, AT&T is very slow with updates. Uh, Verizon is fairly slow rolling out updates um t-mobile is usually on the better side with rolling out their software updates but if you have a carrier phone the one downside to and you're going to see this across the board unless you have an iphone is those software updates have to go through the carrier and the carrier decides when you're ultimately going to get those updates so there is absolutely nothing stopping AT&T from delaying Android 11 for the Pixel 4 next year for four months. There's nothing Google can do about it unless Google has a deal worked out with these um, with these carriers. Uh, or if you buy a carrier unlocked phone, um, you're kind of at the mercy to whatever deal that your phone manufacturer, unless it's an iPhone because they have worked out those deals. And that's the only one up until this point that has that gold standard set. Um, you are beholden to your carrier. And then after that, if you're not Pixel or iOS or a treble-enabled smartphone like Essential OnePlus, something like that, you're also beholden to when your manufacturer gets around to deciding to update the phone. Samsung is historically very slow with both security updates and software updates. Yeah. Um, it's important to know for people getting into those phones. Google, you get them right away. OnePlus, they're usually within a month. They're pretty quick. Essential is right away um, because they're travel enabled, which is a Google feature that we've talked about earlier on our show. Um, 
but yeah, security updates, I would argue, are just as important, especially today with breaches and uh, the fact that you were just saying before the show, Ryan, that your phone, you're addicted to it. It's it's your personal computer. It's Oh, it's so it's, addictive. It's something <laughs> it's that ha- it has everything on it. Yeah. So, like people, people bank on their phones. People like I have, like people type social security numbers. Like I've, I have, I do banking on my phone. Like I check my bank accounts and sign into all that. Um, manage passwords on it. Uh, social media, like literally, my it go through emails. Like almost my whole life is condensed into this five-inch <laughs> slab of glass. Hey, you, you give me a GPU on this bad boy, I won't need the other one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna ask, wasn't there a Samsung phone that we were talking about a while ago that was supposed to have like a GPU in it and like absurd amount of RAM, and you dock it and attach it to a monitor, and it's basically like a traveling computer. I think so. Yeah. They they were they they had a uh, they've released Dex the that like mobile computer software that yeah. they have for for Android. Yeah, they have that. Uh, it's it's not anything close to what they had originally touted that it would be, but it's still like a cool like uh it's a it's a cool parlor trick that that phone can can do. I can think of literally zero use cases for making your smartphone into a desktop unless you're like someone who exclusively just sends emails for their work do you guys remember the uh ubuntu phone running uh it was running linux it was it was supposed to be that desktop phone you guys remember that i think i do that would have been pretty sweet honestly because linux you know in terms of uh burners and modularity it'd be pretty nice then yeah <laughs> a phone running a flavor of linux that would be cool. yeah. can you imagine like a cali linux like hacker phone yeah exactly yeah that'd be crazy what they were targeting it probably yeah, exists right? somewhere was that it said it probably exists somewhere probably someone's probably done it somewhere. yeah so people have gotten linux to run on those hd2s so okay. <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> but yeah it's it's definitely capable um and like i was saying like with the with software like that's arguably just as important as a good camera even though it's not as sexy of a feature um you, people definitely want to consider good security for their smartphone um and if you're looking for the best security, I'm going to go ahead and say Pixel and iPhone are your best choices. And probably iPhone, just because they've been tested more with their with their security breaches. And Apple has that whole, has the entire development cycle of their phone from chipset to final product uh, kind of under lock and key. And all of their hardware is built for their software and vice versa. Um, that being said, Google is, has been tested a lot as well, and they have been very quick and very responsive on security updates for Android, even committing to guaranteed monthly uh, security updates. And there's been a lot of work done in Android 10 to improve security in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm very impressed with what Android's doing, and, um, and you really can't go wrong going with either the Pixel or the iPhone if you're looking for a secure device. Second only to like you guys are saying, like getting a VPN, locking your phone down, hiding in like a, a cell, and like putting it in a Faraday chamber so that no data can get out of it or something like that. <laughs> I, I kind of want to make a prediction on this. I think I think video will take smartphones into the mirrorless market and it'll overtake any standard mirrorless or mirrorless right now before photography will. I think it'll be all about videos, codecs, like where you get the the log files and stuff so you can color yeah. grade. I think that the industry leaders will be Google. Apple, which is the leader right now, and Sony. I think Sony's got the Xperia, and they're actually using their Sony um, image sensor color science right now, and they're building into the phone, which they're more advanced 
than Apple and Google in terms of color science, in, ter- yeah. in my opinion. But we don't like Xperia as a phone itself is like, eh, the, the yeah. process is not where Google and Apple have theirs. Yeah. So I mean, they have they have the image sensor there. It's there. They just they gotta work with that hardware. <laughs> that's something else too. There's uh, that's a really good point. To, like a good segue into like another part of phones that with Sony coming into the market with their Xperia lines and they've been here for a while, but they're now beginning yeah. to apply their color science and really kind of settle right. into their niche. You're finding a lot of um, like a lot of purpose-built smartphones because we've hit that point where we've reached like peak phone so yeah it's a matter of who can differentiate the most in whatever category ios is pushing all about professional media and google is pushing all about their their camera quality and being able to take high quality images and having like a pure ai powered smartphone experience so they're going they're taking a software approach to it you have sony taking their image science to it so it's going to be closer to a mirrorless transition um, another recent uh, entry into the smartphone industry is Red, and I'm assuming that if they can get their if they can get their They're video trying. science <laughs> to be anything remotely close to a Red weapon or to any of their like actual high-end cameras, then they're gonna kill it in the video industry, and they very well could pass everybody. Yeah, they got they got to knock off that proprietary crap, man. Yeah, they, they worked for a while with the cinema cameras, but with a phone, it's a different story. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then on top of that, you have Asus stepping in with gaming smartphones, and you have them at like 120 hertz displays, bigger batteries. Um, some of them even have cooling fans built into the back, and I believe the Asus ROG phone also has RBG uh, or RGB built into the the back of it. It does not have Ruth Bader Ginsburg built into the back of the phone. <laughs> well, the, the thing about Asus is you got to remember is like I, I'm looking at my Asus motherboard right now. It's still built by Foxconn. Who who makes all the what does Foxconn make? Manufacture make, most of the products like for everything. Yeah, Apple. mainly Apple though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so. big for Apple. I think Apple has moved away from them slowly. Uh, like they're slowly making less and less for Apple, but yeah, they're they're primarily an Apple uh, house. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I just Jeff's like enough of the camera crap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up I was actually looking up uh, pronunciation and it is Asus. I had no oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be the focus. I also didn't know they were Taiwan based. Oh really? I didn't I thought they were like Korean or something. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um but yeah. Like smartphones are crazy and it's like a huge, huge, huge industry for um literally anybody and 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 a lot of people are going to be looking to upgrade so i I do think this is a really valuable conversation to have just around like what even though we've mainly just talked about cameras the whole time (laughs) (laughs) but then again like that's kind of a sign of the times is that that's where the focus is no pun intended with camera and with, with with smartphone tech everybody wants a good camera Everybody thinks a camera is very important. Um, well, it's also, not that. It's that, it's that the, the major manufacturers are able to provide these processors like in exponentially greater concepts every year. Like every yeah. September, there's a brand new camera image sensor in these things that are ridiculously better than what last year's model was. Whereas Canon, Nikon, and all the industry leaders before it, they take years and years to produce. Yeah, and I think I think you'll see Canon and Nikon end up ultimately being like modular lens makers or something for the big smartphone camera makers or something. Yeah. They'll yeah. make all the image sensors in the future, you know? Yeah. So I, 
I'm going to go ahead and just do like a, a roundabout of like phones in different categories and uh, just kind of list out what I think is the best one. Um, so for, for camera, I'm going to go ahead and say as of right now, and this is, a, this is a sign of the time that it needs to be seen until the pixel four can have benchmarks and tested. But right now I think the iPhone 11 pro with that deep fusion sensor or the diffusion AI that they just added to their smartphones. I think that currently is the best all-around camera. Very close second is the Pixel 3 uh, in terms of quality, which is saying something about Google's image sensor quality, that they're that close to a next-generation phone with last year's model. Um, so Android and iOS, obviously iPhone 11 Pro or, or iPhone 11, 11 Pro if you want that extra camera sensor. Um the Pixel, if you're on Android, hands down, best. Pixel 3. It's last year's phone, but it's still just as good. And you can get it at a discount now that the 4 is out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say battery is a tough one, uh, mostly because battery seems to be largely neglected in terms of that this year. But uh, if you're looking for a battery, you probably can't go wrong with the 10R or the regular 11. And if you're looking for a good battery on Android, you probably can't go wrong with the Pixel 3a or the uh, or the OnePlus um, with its warp charging because you're going to have a sacrifice in battery, but you're going to be able to top that battery off like like that. So it's that I would say that's a close win for battery. Um, in terms of security, obviously it's Apple and Pixel. There's no other competition. Um, maybe maybe OnePlus because they've been pretty quick, but it's it's Pixel is they get the latest security updates. They get the latest software versions. The more important thing is that their software versions are supported for three years, whereas most Android phones come with a two-year software support commitment. Um, So you get more security updates longer, which is arguably just as important because a lot of these phones are lasting longer. People are owning their phones for three, four, or five years instead of two. So people are running their smartphones into the ground. It's good to know that your security updates are going to keep going as long as you're going to own that phone. Um, and then just like overall specs, um, I'm not even going to say iPhone just because of how obvious that is if you're looking for, for an <laughs> iOS device. Um, but I think overall specs, I'm going to go ahead and give that to the OnePlus 7T and the, the OnePlus 7 Pro being the two top phones because you're going to get a, uh, a 1080p display, which isn't great, but it's 90 hertz. You're going to get a camera, which is not the best, but you get a wide angle. <laughs> you're going to get a camera. You're going to get a, uh, a battery that's not exactly the best, but it warp charges to 70% in 30 minutes from dead. Um, you're going to get a like not exactly the fastest security updates, but you're going to get the option of if you want to do like a face scan or you have the in-screen fingerprint sensor, which is faster than most of the other ones. Um, so you have options with the OnePlus. It's like an all-rounder kind of phone. Like it's a, it's a master of none, but it's a jack of all trades, in a way. Um, so I think, in terms of the most interesting phone, I think OnePlus kind of takes that away and runs with it, just with their feature set. And and Oxygen OS is essentially stock Android at this point. So it's just got their the OnePlus spin on it with their their own themes. Like OnePlus has had a dark theme for so much longer than the Android has had just built into their OS. And 
It's basically just Nova Launcher. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I think it, I think it's like I think it kind of is actually like the original OS was based off of an early build of Nova Launcher that they just baked into the operating system. Um, but yeah, it's it's extremely customizable and it's a super powerful phone. Um, and also it's cheap. It's like 700 bucks, whereas most of the smartphones nowadays are like $1,000 starting. <laughs> and you get a 4K 60 FPS video sensor in the phone. Hello, Google. This phone came out earlier this year. Where are you with the 60 FPS? <laughs> yeah. So, and the wide angle. And the wide angle. Yeah. RIP Thompson's peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, I think that's largely it, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add to this. Any last thoughts, or if you guys thought a certain Android phone stuck out, I mean, better. I'm just, I'm just poking the bear here. I was looking around, found a, a Motorola Moto G7 Power uh, budget phone that's focused <laughs> on battery. It's a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, which Jeez. they say can last three days. Oh my god! <laughs> so and it's Motorola, only, and, Motorola's made some good phones, and it's. Uh, I think what I saw was like two hundred and thirty dollars. Oh wow! So it's really, really a budget phone. Yeah. Um, How are like batteries that that capacity safe? <laughs> the phone <laughs> looks the phone looks skinny too. It's the weird part. It's probably a massive phone though. It has it's just all battery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's like pretty much it. It's it's probably like what a six or a six and a half inch display. I will let you know momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then and then you also have like good budget phones too, like the like that phone for example, and like Motorola historically does have very good budget phones, and then uh, the Pixel 3a, which is a solid budget phone for $400, you get the Pixel sensor, um, and then on top of that, there's also that other phone that came out called the Poco phone, which I believe is a subsidiary of Xiaomi, and that is a good all-around budget phone also um that's like 200 dollars or 230 dollars or something like that it's very cheap but yeah so i totally forgot budget because most of these phones yeah. are like upwards of a thousand dollars but also a lot of people have the benefit of carrier plans that's where your 3a comes in i think yeah. pulls ahead big time uh that oh, yeah. the g7 powers yeah it's a 6.2 inch display max resolution uh let's see so that's where Same it gets that battery size. from. It's a massive phone. 1520 by 720 for a G7, 2270 by 1080 for a G7 Plus. So, you know, budget phone, whatever. All right. Uh, it's, a big, it's a big battery. The, I, I do think probably a Pixel 3a is best bang for your buck for camera. But anyway, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to dive into what you already talked about. That's all I had to say. There's a 5,000 <laughs> milliamp hour smartphone out there. No, I appreciate that. That's like this, the information is helpful for people who are deciding on what phone to buy. If you want a phone that you literally don't need to ever worry about ever again, then just get the Moto phone, then you're good to go. Right. What are you What are you showing? Is this Is this your dog? Oh, your dog's there. It's Vita. <laughs> this is it's a. Harassing uh, me a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna have to officially add your dog as a host, by the way, because we have that we have that photo of Liza on our website. Now we're gonna have to add your dog too. And Rebel. <laughs> yeah. I got to get her on camera. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, but yeah. So unless you guys have anything else, I think that's it for us, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. I just, want, I just want to uh, say that we look forward to having Kyle and Irvin on air just as much as all you listeners do. Yeah, I miss yeah. them. Yeah, yeah Irvin could have used your uh, camera talk, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, no, Thompson explaining things. No, that was an incredible, especially that comparison you made with ISO. Like I had thought I understood ISO for cameras like i knew like the gist of what i did but i couldn't articulate it into words and hearing that like like literally just like the bridge is connected like my mind was blown it was such a it was such a good description of of that <laughs> i saw like the more you know rainbow popping over my head exactly <laughs> but yeah that, that was that was perfect um yeah. and if any of the listeners thought that was perfect <laughs> they can drop us a review at beardsoftech.com slash review um you can also find us at obviously beardsoftech.com uh you can find all of our social media information there as well as where to find us in any of these beautiful podcasting apps that are available to you um, you can catch up with us on Twitter at Beards of Tech. You can catch up with us on Twitch at, you seeing a pattern here, Beards of Tech. <laughs> and uh, literally anywhere you search for Beards of Tech, you can find us. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you can find fine podcasts. Um, also, if you wanted to subscribe to us, go to beardsoftech.com slash subscribe, and that will show you all of the places that you can subscribe to us. Um, but... That being said, uh, this has been Beards of Tech, episode 91, and we will see you guys in the next one.